0: How y'all doing this morning? Caffeine still kicking in? You know, like funny story. So I like, um, I love, I used to love coffee, Starbucks preferably, caramel, macchiato, hot. And uh, one day, my, my body just started to reject caffeine. Anybody else? Any other adults? Yeah. It's really sad because some days you need to wake up, but you can't because your stomach will do that for you. So uh, we're just we're just going off a of tea this morning. Um, but thank you guys for having me. Um, Pastor Dave, I've been knowing him since I was a little kid, and I'm always really privileged just to be here to speak to you guys. Um, and I have my hands free this morning. So here is your warning. I will move my hands a lot. Don't let that distract you. Okay. Uh, But I do want to just, again, just thank you guys for being here. And for those who have heard me uh, talk to you guys or present from the stage, you will hear some familiar things. Um, Today, I'm going to just take you guys through a little update in my life and how God has really just shown himself faithful um, through that. So some of you have may have heard this story already, but Today, I'm going to tell it from three different angles. So you're going to hear this story three different times, three different ways, but God is going to be glorified through that all. Is that all right with y'all? Yeah. Good, good. All right, let's just pray. Uh, Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for every soul and body that's in here in this uh, room this morning, God. I just ask that um, there was a reason why they came here today, God. I don't know who didn't wanna be here or someone um, who may be feeling some type of way this morning or um, dealing with certain things in their lives, God, but I thank you that because they're here in this room, God, I thank you that you're gonna do whatever you need to do in their lives. God, I thank you that you're gonna meet them wherever they need you this morning, And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just speak through me. Um, I just ask that nothing that comes out of my mouth be of my own words, but be everything that you want to be said this morning. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so a little bit about me. Um, I'm just gonna give you guys a little background story of who I am and where I am from. Um, Like Pastor Dave said, my name is Rashida. Uh, I was here in Peoria, raised on a north end, tapped homes, and I was raised in a very tough end of town. And if you do still listen to the news or hear anything that goes on, uh, Peoria is still very presently bad. Uh, There is good that comes from Peoria, but there is also a lot of things that go on in our lives that... Kids from the inner city and kids in the hood—they deal with it and they see it. Uh, they see. And as an eight-year-old, five-seven, uh, five, six, seven, eight-year-old, I experienced those things. Um, but like I said, I was raised in Peoria, Illinois. But um, there was a time where I always started my testimony at that specific moment. I used to start and say, "Well, I was raised in Peoria on the south, on the north end, on the bad end of town, but..." there was always a part of my story uh, that was never told before that. So birth, July 29th, I was actually born in Chicago, Illinois. And if you've heard my story, you've heard it before where I talk about how I was actually born to a drug addict mother. And this mom of mine, she was on drugs when I was born, and of course I was sick uh, after being born, and she lost her parental rights from birth. And I was put into foster care and moved to Peoria and raised there. Now, this is a pivotal part of the story, and we're gonna come back with some, some exciting stories with that, but just remember that one part. Uh, raised in Peoria, Illinois on a very rough end of town, um, and then after that, after I was raised in Peoria, I. Was dealing with my own things my mother who adopted me uh she had breast cancer for multiple years before i was even born and when i was living with her she actually was suffering from breast cancer on an extreme level uh and again like she was a very heavyset woman and she almost had a size tumor in her breast the size of a grapefruit and i would have to see her and i would have to hear her and i would have to uh tend to her i would do her hair um and she was a very woman she was a very stubborn woman she loved God, but she was like, I'm not going to the doctor. And um, unfortunately, she passed away when I was 14 years old. Now, as a 14-year-old growing up in the hood of Peoria, Illinois, where there's a lot of things that go on and you deal with a lot and you see with, you see a lot, uh, that took a toll on my mental uh, a lot. But I really didn't realize that as I was 14 years old. And shortly after my mom died, I didn't even really process what was going on. So I'm 14 years old, going through life, trying to be a freshman in high school, dealing with high school. Okay, if there's any teenagers in here, I understand what you're going through, okay? Um, But 14 years old, went to school. 16 years old, got really into the streets, you know, everything that happens in the streets, drugs, alcohol, all the craziness. Um, 18, barely made it out of Peoria graduating. Um, I know that Manuel High School was tired of Rashida Tiggs. And they said, no matter what the grade point average is, get her out of this school. So um, they sent me out and I graduated (laughs) in 2011. Um, After that, I went to New York City I graduated at 17, uh, turned 18 in July, and moved to New York City at the in September of the same year. And I went to an organization uh, by the name of Metro World Child, amazing ministry. Uh, we reached 250,000 kids on a weekly basis, pre-COVID, with the gospel. Um, we have mentorship programs. During the pandemic, we run full food pantries where we have the opportunity. We've served close to uh, 3.5 billion pounds of food. So we've had the opportunity to serve our communities in New York City, um, and I've had the opportunity to serve for the past 10 years. Now, that was the first part of my testimony, and that was the first version that you guys will receive. Uh, my point today is to talk about all of the things that I went through. Um, as you heard, growing up in a, in, a, in a tough part of town, or my mom passing, or living in the streets and doing the things that you do in the streets, um, even going to New York, and even facing trials there. Um, being an 18-year-old who didn't have a mother, um, who was dealing with depression and anxiety, it's pretty interesting when you're on your own as teenager in New York City. Um, but what I will say, um, God meant it for good. And that's going to be something that's going to be behind me for this time. And I just want you to think about, um, as I go through this process, um, that God meant it for good. And we're going to just look at this Bible verse in Genesis 50:20, And it's a very, very basic verse. And it's a very, very, almost a self-explanatory uh, verse. But I want to just walk you through moments in my own life where it was meant for evil, but God meant it for good. And I just wanna just like by a raise of hands already, who here has had moments in their life where you thought it could have taken you out and now you're looking back and you're like, you know what? God meant it to be good. Anybody, anybody in the room? Come on, amen. So we can already give God a hand because the thing is God meant things in your life for good, when the enemy, literally, the enemy could have taken every single one of you that raised your hand out. Think of the moment. When you had a moment in your life where things were going bad, when things were evil, God really allowed you to still be here today because he meant it for good when the enemy tried to destroy you and take you out. So I hope that even in the mornings where we wake up and we feel our worst, I hope that we can have those moments and say, God, you know what? (laughs) two, three years ago, two months ago, a week ago, two weeks ago, uh, I was dealing with a lot of things that were trying to destroy me in my life, but God, you woke me up this morning. So there is something that's coming from that. There's, so there's good that comes from that. And I'm just going to take you through that. Um, but Genesis 5020, it says, if you can look right up here on the screen, it says that you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Now, what I'm going to do, guys, I'm just going to use myself as an example of how God intends things for your life to be good. Now, the funny thing is, I don't know what any of you may be going through here in this room. Um, I'm very different from every single one of you, and you're different from the person that's sitting next to you. Um, But I've realized, I was in the grocery store the other day. And literally, I had this thought, and I have these thoughts very often. One, I think about how many people actually exist in the world, like Pastor was saying. There's people all over the world. There's a ton of people in this world. But one day, I was in the grocery store, and I was thinking about my own life, and I was thinking about my own story, and I was thinking about all the things that I was going through. And I looked at the cashier, and I said, huh, I wonder what her story is. And then I looked at the guy who was uh, putting the fruit back into into the shelves. And I said, huh, I wonder what his life is. I wonder what his story is. I wonder what he's going through. I wonder what God has done in his life. And it's the same thing for every single one of us here in this room. The person next to you doesn't even have the same story because we're all going through different things, but God is working in our lives in the same way. Because like you said, you've already raised your hands because there was a lot of things that were meant for evil in your life, But God meant it for good. And I'm telling you, being here alone is a miracle for some. I can raise my hand and say that for myself. But I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit. Um, One thing I've realized as I was adopted is that my mother was on drugs. And where I'm from, you're made front of if your mother was on drugs and you're caught a crack baby and you're caught a, a, a drug addict and all these things. Even as a kid, I was embarrassed when I find out that my mom was, that I was adopted. I was embarrassed to tell people that my mother was on drugs. Um, but what God did, <laughs> I'm already excited. I'm already crying. <laughs> what God did in that moment was so beautiful, and I'm gonna compose myself because I want you to hear what I have to say. (laughs) But um, I was adopted, born in Chicago, Illinois, south end Chicago, Cook County. When I was 11, I found, sorry, (laughs) I found my birth certificate. And that is how I actually found out that I was not my mother's child. As an 11 year old, you go through a lot of emotions. You're like, what happened? Why did this happen to me? Why did my mom tell me? All these things, right? So I'm 11 years old and I found my birth certificate. Today you see Rashida Centrilla Tiggs. At birth, I was Centrilla Doreen Spears. And these things go on through my life, and I'm trying to find myself. I'm like, oh, I know my name. I wanna look for me, um, and I tried to find myself. I couldn't find my actual birth records online because I was just spelling my name wrong, if we think about it in the long run. Um, but in 2000 and, oh my gosh, <laughs> 21, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's, I'm just saying, sorry, it's very fresh. Um, I knew that I was coming to Chicago. I had a work assignment for my job. And I was gonna be assigned to Chicago for three months. And I knew coming to Chicago that I would have to find my mom. Something that I always desired. I had an amazing mom. She raised me very well. A Christian mom, prayer warrior, loved me, did all she could for me. Um, but of course, she passed when I was 14. Now, I'm 27 and I come to Chicago and I'm like, you know, I wanna find my mom. And we can put that first slide up there. And we're going to talk about how my mom was on drugs, but there's an adoption story that comes behind that. So my birth mom, she was on drugs. She, was, uh, she apparently had a lot of kids that I, I had only heard through word of mouth, never heard it from anyone close to them or anything like that. But my mom was in Chicago living life. And I always wondered, did she ever worry about me? Did she care about me? Did she love me? Did she wonder where I was? Who do I look like? Who do I get these beautiful facial features from? You know what I'm saying? Like who, 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 who do I get it from? Come to Chicago in April. uh, And I said, I'm going to find my birth mom. And I said, I'm going to find my birth records and I'm going to find out where she is. We're going to make this story very short, but it is a beautiful story, and God is just so good. So during the time where I was searching for my mom, I requested my birth records and all that, got my birth certificate the third or second week when I was in Chicago. I find the letter, I open up, and I saw my first name, Centrilla Doreen Spears. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's it, this is it. This is the moment where out of 27 years, I'll actually see my mother's name for the first time. This is the moment where I'll actually realize where I came from and hopefully I'm not walking past her on a street corner in Chicago. Open the letter. My friend, she told me my mother's name, her name was Lynetta Ann Spears. And from that moment on, we went on Google, we went on Facebook, and I ended up finding my birth family within an hour and a half. Now, some of you may say, oh, that's cool, but no, because the process before that was extremely hard to find my birth family. And if you've ever searched for your birth family or foster kids or anything like that, it's not that easy, especially if you don't have the money to find your birth family. An hour and a half later, I found my birth family. Two brothers, when I was in Peoria as a kid, five years old, they visit me all the time. I wouldn't know who these young men were. I wouldn't know why they were there. I wouldn't know anything about them. But these two young men came to visit me anytime I was in Peoria from the age of five, maybe to seven. Maybe, I could have been younger. While I'm doing my Facebook search, I found one guy and he was in Peoria. Possibly my brother, don't know who this is. Found a guy, could have been my uncle another woman, she's possibly my aunt. And I messaged this young man, his name is uh, Jovan Spears in Peoria, Illinois. And I said, hey, do you know Lynetta Ann Spears? Do you know so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. And -and And as we're searching, we're just waiting for him to respond. We found a poem on his uh, Facebook page, and it said, "Uh, these are some of my darkest years. Rest in peace, Lynetta Ann Spears. Now, Yes, it is unfortunate that my mother was passed. Um, But in that moment, I found out three things. My brother was in Peoria, I was raised in Peoria. My mother, she was Lynetta Ann Spears, so this is my brother. And secondly, I mean, thirdly, I found out that my mother had passed. But in those moments of realizing that all this happened, I was talking to one of my blood siblings. We got on the phone five minutes later, Come to find out, guys, I am the fifth child of 10 kids. I am the third daughter out of 10 kids. And the crazy thing is, and this is where it gets crazy, because... The story starts with being born in Chicago to a drug addict mother, finding out that your mom was on drugs, being bullied in school because of all these things that come with all of the information that you know. Not having a real identity because you know, one, your name is something different and your name has been changed. You have questions of, where's your mother? Did she care? Did she know anything about me? Does she even love me? And two weeks into Chicago, I was by myself. I was sitting on this assignment alone. And I was sitting in my Airbnb and I was like, God, I am so lonely and it's terrible. I'm realizing that only you and I are here in Chicago and we're the only two that are going to get this assignment done, but I'm also really lonely. And all my friends and all my family, they have great families, but I don't have anyone. And this is just a testament to let you know that when you pray, God hears your prayers, And it may not come when you want it, but he came right on time because a week later, I found my family and now I have nine siblings. God, (laughs) think about it. Like he meant for the moment where I was born to a drug addict mother, he meant for the moments where I was bullied for being a crack addict baby, he meant all that for good. Because years later, I have a family I'm sorry I'm crying, but God is so good. And for a long time, I was actually comprehending, like, am I even gonna tell this story? You know, I don't know how my family's gonna feel about this, but God meant that for good. And now with my birth mother, I have the opportunity. And the good side of this is now I can tell the story of how I found my family. And I don't know who I need to encourage to find their family I don't know what adoptee in this room I need to encourage to say, take that first step. Go look for your family. They may be out there. I don't know what parent here has adopted children and is going through some hard times with their adopted child. I don't know who is in this room. But the good that I see out of this story is now I have the ability, what God meant for evil, I now have the ability to help someone else. I now have the ability to tell my story. And I just want to show. I'm going to show you the pictures. I want to show you the pictures because you have to see the pictures. Um, I don't know what you're going to put up there first, but one picture is of my brother. I had the opportunity to meet him in person. One picture is that's my big brother. And his name is Jovan and we met, and this is one of the young men that came to visit me when I was like five or six in Peoria, Illinois. And when he met me, he said, I remember you. I always remember the little sister that I never got to see again. And he said, we used to call you Tookis." That confirmed, because that's my nickname, that confirmed that he was my brother and I had the opportunity to meet him. And in Chicago, I also had the opportunity to meet my big sisters. And the crazy thing is, when I leave here, I'll be going to spend time with my family in Chicago. And these are my two eldest sisters. The one in the back, her name is Dakobi, And the one on the, uh, the other side of the screen, is uh, she's India. And that, these two women are my big sisters. God had intended this for good. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but God intended this for good. My mom, I am like in awe, because I always was curious about who I looked like, I was always curious who I got my features from, but as soon as I found my family, they said, Rashida, you look just like your mom. And you, this is a picture of her, now let me see, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is a picture of my mom. And even the people, when they saw me in person via FaceTime, via video chat, whatever, they would say, Rashida, you look just like your mom. So in those years where things were bad and things were were questioning and I was questioning my own identity and who I was and I thought, you know what, (laughs) that's pretty bad. But God, he meant it for good and now I'm here to tell my story in hopes to give someone else some hope of the things that the, the enemy, he intends for evil, but God intends it for good. Even Sunday school, I started Sunday school when I was eight years old. There's no bad that comes from this story, but I just wanted to give you an example because there's great that came from it. I started Sunday school when I was eight years old in the TAF homes, had a great, great support team. And there's times where I moved to New York City and I even questioned, questioned, why am I there? I went to New York with so, many, with so much baggage. I was sick, I was dealing with anxiety and depression. And I said, God, you know, what is going on? Why am I here? And the good thing that always came from me going to Sunday school at eight years old is I served, for new, I served in New York City for 10 years, still there, served for 10 years because I felt the same way that someone came to the Taft Homes, built a relationship with me, and actually took that time to invest in me, I can do the same thing for someone else. And that is the good that came from that. But then we go through uh, feelings like when my mom died. My mom died when I was 14 years old. 14 years old, and it was traumatic because you see someone going through illness and sickness and pain, and you have to be torn of, of even questioning God to so why they're even sick, if I'm being honest. And when I was 14, it didn't, I didn't realize what was going on. When I was 18, it started to hit me. And when I was 20, 21, 23, I really had to understand why these things happen. My mom passed. I used to use it as an anger issue. I used to use it as an excuse when I used to go off in school or go off on people with the attitude. Yeah, my mom passed, but the good thing that came from that, and I I wanna be sensitive when I say this because some people will be like, well, I lost my, you know, there was a year of the pandemic where we lost a lot of people. And I do wanna be sensitive to that. And I don't wanna say there was good that came from anyone losing someone in their life. But what I wanna say for myself is, when my mom passed, the good that came from that was the healing. And it took plus 10 years. I'm not gonna say when my mom died or three years later, I was great, I was fine, I was dandy, and I was like, you know what? She was taken out of her suffering, she's good. No, I went through my episodes. And when her birthday and her, uh, the, the day that she passes comes around, I do feel some type of way. But there was healing for me that came through that moment that could have destroyed me because I was the most angry when my mother died. It really could have taken me out because I was the deepest depressed and the most uh, heaviest anxiety when my mother died. But through that, there was so much healing that came from that. That is the good that I see from it. And the last one, it's a little bit heavy, and we're gonna touch this a little bit. We're gonna take a little time on this one. Um, The last thing that um, I was taken through in my life was depression and anxiety. And for me, guys, I am keen on mental health. I'm going to school to study psychology because there's, I wanna be a counselor or a psychologist in the black communities because there's a huge stigma on going to therapy. And I'm gonna say this to anybody in this room today, this is not a part of it, but let me tell you something. There is beauty that comes with talking to someone. There is no shame in getting help because you know what? My trauma may be different from your trauma, but if you have trauma in your life, talk to someone and help them walk you through it. God is good and God, he can do great things in our lives, but sometimes it's okay to talk to people and I'm gonna keep going past that. Now, with the the depression and anxiety, unfortunately, I can't say that there's something that in my life that I'm just like completely healed from. I'm being very honest, I'm being very transparent and open here from this stage before I end. But there is some beautiful things that have come through this process of just depression and anxiety. And I don't know who's dealing with that today in this room. And if you are, I know it's heavy on you. And I know you're like, dang, the enemy, is winning. He has me. The enemy is like, yeah, you're depressed. You're, you're anxious. And this is going to be your, this is going to be it for you. And you're going to see this for the rest of your life. But the good thing that I can say that is coming from this process and key words coming from that there are good moments where I have some of the best days. Of course, we all have down days, but there has been growth from the time of 18 to 28 with my depression and with my anxiety, how I react, how I, um, how I respond to certain situations. And for me, I just wanna let you guys know that everything that is meant for evil, it may, God meant it for good, but it's gonna take some time. And that's what I'm in in the midst of right now. I am in the midst of breaking through this anxiety, breaking through this depression, but I really understand that the growth is what's coming good from this situation. And what I wanna encourage you guys to do today, I want you to remember that every situation is different. I don't know what you're going through in this room. I don't know um, what you need from God. But every situation is different. So what I wanna encourage you to do is not only look at me and say, oh wow, Rashida went through all this and God, he brought her out on the other side and there were some great things that happened and, and that brings discourage to your situation. Don't. See this as an example to say, wow, she came through it, but there's hope for good to come out of it. Because that's God's one intention for you. You may wanna give up. You may wanna quit. You may wanna say, you know what, I'm done. You may be going through a divorce right now and you may just be like, I'm tired. I don't wanna do this anymore. You may have a teenager and you feel like, God, I pray for them, I love them, I give them everything that I can and they still don't listen. God, what is going on in my life? Your finances may be struggling right now. You may have invested and you may have had some losses. You may be struggling just with your family and things that may be going on in your own head. But I'm here to tell you that God intended it for good in your life. And now I can look back two years later, three years later, two months later, (laughs) two months later, my life, two months ago, my life was crazy. I was everywhere. I didn't know which way was left or right, up or down. But now I can look back and say, God intended that for good. What situations in your life, a lot of you have already raised your hand what situations in your life can you look back on and you can say, God, <laughs> it took me out where I felt like it took me out, but you intended it for good. What testimonies are you gonna be telling of repaired marriages, financial blessings, family reconciliation, anything? What stories are you gonna tell? I can say this, and I'm gonna end here. There were moments where I said, I felt like I was done and I felt like I was completely just over with. But in those moments, guys, I had to find joy. I had to give God glory. I had to be mad, I mean, pray mad. Like, God, I'm sick of this, like da, 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 da. But I had to pray. And I had to trust that God would bring good from that. Do you look forward to the good or are you stuck in what the enemy has planned for you? Because I've been stuck, and I've had those moments of despair and and all these things, and I just felt like I couldn't come out of it. But you know what, the other day, and two weeks ago, it was a bad week for me. I can be honest and transparent. I don't have a problem with that. I was at my worst, mentally. It was a bad day. And someone came up to me and they said, Rashida, you have this joy about you. And I was like, no. (laughs) No, there's no way you can see that. She said, Rashida, you have this joy, this natural joy about you. And multiple people had told me that. And I'm not here to hunk my own horn, but it was in those moments where I was doing the worst, where I was praying the hardest. I was on my knees and I was asking God to save me. Those were the moments where I was talking and I was asking people for help and I was trying to figure out what was going on. That one line encouraged me And from the moment I am, from where I am now and everything that I'm going through in my life, I know that the enemy, he has plans to destroy me and he has plans to to take my peace and rob me of everything that I have. But God is intending it for good. And he's doing the same thing in your life right now. And you may not feel it and it may not feel like, it may not be comfortable, sorry. It may not feel good. It may not be what you want right now, but God is intending it. For good. So my encouragement for you today, <laughs> I'm here to tell this story. This is good. This is what God intended for me. So what is it for your life? What are you going to journal to later today? What are you going to talk about later on with your family members? What are you going to talk about eventually with friends in years and months and weeks? Because God intended it for good in your life. If I cry anymore, my lashes are gonna come off, so we're gonna pray. (laughs) But I just wanna pray. And we're gonna take some time, and I usually do this with the kids, but (laughs) we're gonna take some time and we're just gonna let God know about those evil situations. We're gonna, he knows, he knows, he knows. But we're just gonna talk it out. And we're gonna say, God, I can speak to myself. I can say, God, depression, anxiety, it takes me down, it, it's painful, it hurts, but I know you're intending it for good. Whatever situation you're going through, and if you don't even wanna speak it out, say it in your head. But this morning, I wanna surrender all of those situations. And I also wanna encourage faith so that we trust God through that process. And then we can look on the other side and see, oh wow, <laughs> you meant that for good. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Again, I thank you for every soul and being that's in this room right now, God. And as we just talk through this, and as we know, God, that the enemy, he has plans to destroy and steal and kill. He has enemy. He has plans for evil in our lives. And God, some of us in this room, we may be going through situations that are taking us down. They are exhausting us mentally, physically, and spiritually, God. But I just pray this morning, as we think about those situations we're going through, God, as we think about those situations that we have may been dealing with for years, for months, for weeks, for days, God, every situation, I ask that every single one of us in this room, we can surrender that to you. And in turn, God, if our faith is weak, let us be reminded that a faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. So God, this morning, I pray for every person whose faith has been lackluster, whose faith has dwindled. God, I pray this morning that whatever situation they are in right now, God, I pray they have the faith to believe that you intended for good. That there'll be something on the other side to look forward to, whether it's healing, whether it's peace of mind, whether it's a miracle, whether it's, it's freedom from, bound, from, from things that bound them in their lives, God. I don't know what they need, but you do. And help every, every single person in this room to believe that you know what we need. And God, on the end, it would be good for our lives. God, whoever is weak right now, whoever is even thinking about breaking, whoever is thinking about giving it up right now, God, I pray that you just wrap your arms around them in love right now. Remind them of who you are. So God, in those moments where we know the enemy, he has plans for evil, let us be reminded that you intend everything in our lives for good. I love you, God. And I know that every heart and room and, and, and soul and this being in this place, they love you as well. But God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Let us go out in peace. Let us go out with joy. Let us go out and with our hearts full of whatever you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen and amen. <laughs>